Hello, it's Denise from Women Beyond a Certain Age. You know what? In the pandemic, I don't think I've ever enjoyed anything so much as being able to Zoom with my podcast guest. It's like a party here. We're so excited today because our very darling friend and guru, fitness guru, Pat Greenberg is here. Good morning, Pat. Good morning, Denise. How are you? Honey, I'm going to tell you, I'm not kidding. I'm seeing you today is like the breath of fresh air. I know, I know. <laughs> well, really, it's it's too much. So I wanted, I want you to talk about Pat. Pat can talk about so many things. She has written many books. Her latest one is Eat Well, Live Well, Age Well. And it's a wonderful book. And Pat's been a guest before, so you're welcome to go back. Go to our website, Women Beyond a certain age.com and replay Pat's podcast. And I'll tell you why Pat's information is not dated. I look at it as an arc, Pat, Pat, your life has been an arc and you are just, oh, you have so much information to help us. And it's still, it's just right on. And that's why I wanted Pat to come today because Pat just had her six O the big six O birthday. So she and I were texting. I said, you have to come on the podcast and talk about turning 60. Cause that's a milestone, madam. You know, I'm congratulating myself and I'm reveling in the fact that I turned 60 and the biggest disappointment for me, which I think is a universal thing that we're all dealing with worldwide now is milestones are being spent alone. Yes. And uh, I can tell you, uh, you know, on a personal note, my I'm I'm in California. My family is in New York, and I have a brother in uh, Chicago and a brother in Phoenix, Arizona. And we Zoom once a week to try to stay in touch with each other. But more importantly, we haven't physically been around each other. I know when I see you and I see Cindy, I want to jump through the screen, screen and hug you and scream and scream with joy. It is so wonderful to see everybody over Zoom, and I, it's it's not perfect, but it's a great substitute for not being together. So turning 60 is monumentous by anybody's standards. And we talk a lot about aging and eating well and living well and doing all these things to take care of ourselves. And, you know, we've talked over the years, we've known each other for so long that 50 always seemed like this line of demarcation. And when you're doing aging work or wellness work, my target audience is 55 and up. But 60 is a very profound birthday as well. And I see a lot of people, and unfortunately the pandemic I think is making this a little worse, is there is still that conception of 60 is over the hill. 60 is, it's too late to do anything. I woke up on my 60th birthday with an awakening beyond words. I said, okay, this is it. I don't have to take shit from anybody ever again. <laughs> And you know what's interesting? At 60, you realize you didn't have to at 30 or 20 or 40 or 50 or a horrible boss or an abusive person or a terrible husband or wife or in the workplace, right down to we've all experienced this. As you get a little older, unfortunately, you get treated worse in service, in, in, in restaurants and in stores I, you know, I, and that is part of my quest is not only that one will take care of themselves going forward, but we can really try to fight ageism together and try to, I don't know if it's just the basic, you, you know, you don't feel like you belong and you don't feel 
productive and feel like you have anything to offer anymore and nothing could be further from the truth. It is the exact opposite. And I think as people in our 60s and above, we maybe some of what we need to do is start teaching people in their 20s and 30s what a valuable thing it is to have someone older than you around. I, I love, I used to love listening to my grandparents' stories. I never looked at them. Oh, they're old and smelly. I don't want to be around them. I found what they had to say and what they had to offer very interesting. Uh, Pat, you just said it. We are the, first of all, I love that at 60, you awakened and said, I'm, I believe the expression in my world. I'm using this na naughty word, not Pat. I have no more fucks to give, Pat. Yes. <laughs> to myself yep. and to others all the time. But I mean it. And I'm so happy for you. And I said that to a woman who is my age. So we're, you know, I'm staring down 70 for the next mm -hmm. birthday, Pat. But you know what? I'm so proud that I've lasted this long. I mean, and I, there's many things that uh, I, I uh, some things I've lost, but mostly I've gained. That's how I feel about getting older. But a, an old, a woman my age, brilliant, had a brilliant career in publishing, still does in, in what, said to me in New York that said what you were saying. We always did have the power to not worry about the stupid things in life. But because I think our society, much like they, there's ageism against us, as young women, young women are still supposed to be, I'm, I won't disagree with you, or we're not supposed to be angry or ugly or swear or do any of that behavior. We almost have to give, we get older and all of a sudden say, huh? But in reality, so I think young women should learn from us that this lesson earlier and you are right, going forward, we all need to put more value on our wisdom and growing old. So the very important thing to keep in mind on a very primal level, um, as young people, subconscious and conscious, and with social media, it's made it very, very conscious. Our quest in life is to find a mate and reproduce. You've heard this science has actually shown that younger people, uh, the, the aggression in your body, uh, the hormones, the strength that you have in your late teens, early 20s, up till about 30 is completely designed for survival and uh, for procreation. So if we don't have children, we, we actually channel that energy very directly towards a career. And in nature, the more aggressive male gets the girl and the more possessive, cute, uh, eyelash batting girl gets the guy. And it's just something across the board. So I think there is not only a bias and a prejudice, there is also a, an actual primal instinct towards that. And then the playing field becomes level at around 30. Media will tell you differently, but that's really the truth in your body. Scary as it sounds, everything you've done from 30 before dictates how well you will age 30 and beyond. Down to bone structure, uh, to fighting, you know, your immune system gets developed, you know, all the way as far as it's going to get developed during that age group. So why am I throwing the science in? I'm throwing the science in to understand that there's no turning back. Today, as corny as it sounds, 1975, today is the first day of the rest of your life. I, I agree. 
And my new, what I'm doing now in my work, because eat well, live well, age well, and everything that encompasses, whether I'm writing a book or I'm speaking, or you go out in the world, it's a generic term for you finding bite-sized solutions. Have a, I want you to enjoy your life. I want your fitness to be a walk or a stroll or going in the forest or swimming in a lake or rowing in a canoe. It doesn't have to be running a marathon, going to the gym or being the, the thinnest or the buffest person in the room. It's about how does it enhance your life? How does the movement that you take on every day make you feel good about yourself? It's not even about accomplishment or a finish line. You see how far I've come with this, Denise. This is fantastic. Right, I, I go now, uh, you guys know the concept of forest bathing. I think we've talked about it. Japanese scientists have done research on it and it's, it's, there's a doctor in Santa Barbara um, it's a guy, and I know where women be on a certain age, but um, he, I rely a lot on the things he says because he's a very interesting, he's a naturalist, he's a green uh, doctor, he's a chef, a nutritionist, and an MD. So he, he has an orchard wow. and he grows his own food. And we talked extensively about what happens when you walk through the forest, and we used to say you have to walk with purpose and you have to get five miles an hour in, your heart rate has to be at 150 or above. John says, no, you walk through the forest and there's actually compounds in the trees and the leaves that get released that calm your body down. And putting your feet in, in nature, as corny as it sounds, being one with the earth, being out in nature, that's the best medicine for your body. Yes, it's great to go for a run. It's good to go to the gym. And I think it's healthy to have some competitive energy when you're accomplishing things. But the downtime or the time where you want to focus on the movement that's helping you most is when you need to release all of that. And he said, if you can't go walking through a forest, go to a park, even walk down a tree-lined street, because just looking at it, and he said, for people who are living in apartments now during the pandemic and are somewhat confined, lots of houseplants, even if you're putting uh, basil, rosemary, and thyme in your windowsill, that little bit of greenery will actually alter the, the, the state of of wellness in your body and relieve anxiety. So that's something I just wanna mention about movement. The other thing about movement is if you're moving and you're engaging, which is walking your dog, walking with a spouse, or even if you're on the treadmill in an apartment looking at the TV, the movement engages your body. Your body is upright. What does that do? It improves your circulation and it also improves your digestion. We as human beings fight gravity when we stand up. That's a good thing. So we're standing up, your body, your circulation is better. You open your chest, you open your, your, your shoulders and you just, you breathe deeply. And because gravity is pulling you down, the peristalsis, which is what is peristalsis? It's the action of toxins and waste leaving your body. And the faster that gets out of your body, the better. And walking, standing upright, just that act alone enhances those um, functions in your body. So this is the thing we're learning now is that it used to be, well, you eat a lot of broccoli and you eat a lot of fiber and you go for a run and your body will thank you. Well, now we really know the nuts and bolts science behind us and how well you can be just on your own by being mindful about your, your own life. I now, I'm writing another book about this and I wanna talk about it but it's like now I take the dog in the backyard and we circle around the pool and we play on the on the um, the the courtyard and I taught her to run up and down the stairs and when I looked at my watch I'm like 
wow, that was a lot of steps. That was a lot of movement. And, and, you know, I'm enjoying it. When my husband and I need to catch up and get out of the house, because there's people here, we go for a walk around the block and we talk about our day. And I look up, I'm like, honey, we just walked a mile and a half. That's monumentous. And you don't even feel it. So it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's an approach to wellness that as you age is not only beneficial mentally and physically, it just solidifies your place in the world. And it makes you realize you don't have to be defensive. You don't have to fight. You don't have to bang down doors to prove that you're worthy. This level of as esoteric as it sounds, just walking through the world at your own pace, your own rate, that's going to make you feel worthy. I've learned that this, this year. My stars, Pat, that is fantastic. And I agree with you. I'm not sure I've ever thought of it exactly. You know, okay, how I've thought of it exactly in those terms. When I worked for 40 years, I got, I got a lot of self-worth from working and running my business right. and, and, and creating things. Do you know what I mean? And writing and working with Cindy and, you know, producing beautiful pieces of, you know, food, photography and stuff. Well, since that stopped and I'm not doing that in the last year, especially, I have realized that I don't, I mean, I still have one or two things that I do, but I don't have to accomplish anything anymore if I don't want to. I mean, I putter and I garden and I make, I might bake some cookies and I share everything I bake with my neighbors so we don't keep it all in the house and they're thrilled and walking my dogs longer than I used to. And I bought a bicycle and I've been riding my bike and Cindy knows this was an example, Pat, of aging and everything you were just saying. I had originally bought a bike and then when I went to ride it, my balance was so bad. I bought a Schwinn like beach cruiser. My balance wasn't very good. And I didn't feel very confident. And I couldn't, I just, I put it in the garage. And then I realized that that was just, I still wanted to ride a bike. So I waited and on Facebook Marketplace, I found one of those tricycles, you know, an adult tricycle. Right. Yes. And I sold in one day, I sold the other bike bought this new bike and it's so much better because I have, I'm, I'm stable. So I've got my helmet. I'm not, I remember Cindy was just probably, I remember as a child because I, my bike was my freedom. I like rode like the wind. Uh, now I kind of ride like the dust. Okay. I mean, da, 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 da. I'm not, I'm not going very fast, but the feeling I get from riding that bike for 30 minutes is absolutely as high as I used to get when I could run five miles a day or, or whatever it was, or the achievement factor, or you know what I mean? So it makes such a difference. But I, the, the lesson I learned was, it, I because I, when I first bought the other bicycle and I couldn't ride it, I thought, oh my God, Denise, how stupid of you. Do you know what I mean? Or you were an idiot to do it this way or whatever. And then all of a sudden one day I got up, I thought, fuck it. I'm going to sell the bike and get one with three wheels. And guess what? It, it was fine. So I, I think sometimes, and you were saying this, how we judge ourselves, and of course we do it because we were taught to by, by other people. What are they accomplishing? What are we supposed to accomplish? Our parents' voices and our, you know, our heads that we've been playing the same tapes for 65 years. 
And then it's only been for me in the last year, all of a sudden one day, and one of my oldest friends said to me, Denise, who, what do you have to prove? And I said, huh? And she literally said, what do you have to prove? And I thought, well, I don't think I have to prove anything. And it freed me. And I have felt better ever since. Let, let me talk about that transition a little bit too, because I've had in the last couple of years had to make several transitions and your first response can be anger. And, and, and I understand that. So at, uh, uh, for those of you who are, who are new to my, to my story, who haven't listened to me before, um, I was an overweight, unathletic child and, uh, I never really engaged in fitness and eating well was just sort of like, I don't know, we ate, when we were growing up, you ate what you were fed. You didn't, you didn't buck the system and you didn't have your mother hand deliver sushi to your school and all these other things that goes on now. Um, and when I went to college, I was going to be a dentist. So I was studying, um, I got a degree in dental technology and then I went and took the pre-med and I had to take a uh, girls, you can relate to this. I had to take a home economics course in order to graduate. So I they had uh, what used to be cooking, sewing, and childcare has become nutrition, textiles, and child psychology. So I took the nutrition class. I loved it so much. I switched my major, um, went on to study nutrition, uh, and of course, fitness very often comes along with that. And I went on to run 20 marathons and 110 half marathons and do competitive tower climbing. So lo and behold, about 2016. Uh, my hip just was consistently hurting. And I went to the doctor and they said, oh, you just, you're sore. You're, I was dismissed, dismissed, dismissed. We've all heard this routine before. And it, finally in 2017, I got an MRI and I had a moderate, one doctor said moderate to severe, severe joint um, degeneration. Another doctor said you have mild hip arthritis, but across the board, no more running. Literally, I abruptly, it was like somebody had died Yes, I, and I had a grieve and I stood there looking at my wall of medals saying, okay, and I did nothing for two months. I didn't walk. I didn't accommodate. I did, I did nothing. I was so, cause it was right before the LA marathon and I couldn't run it. And then, uh, and I, I, I want to talk about this extensively because I had to go through that to be okay with where I'm at now. And the doctor's saying, you could walk, you could swim. And I go to physical therapy and there I am, you know, 57 year old Patricia Greenberg marathon runner next to 85 year old Ethel. And we're doing the same exercises. And I said, this isn't working. And I went to orthopedic surgeon number two. I went to orthopedic surgeon number three. And they all said, you can't run, you can't run. And I thought, okay, how do I make lemonade here? And I just started doing the exact thing I was doing, but walking instead of running. And it, it worked for me. And Denise, what you said is so profound. Now, when I go and I walk over to the park or I take my car to Santa Monica Beach, or I find a stairwell random, like my targets on the second floor. So sometimes I'll go over to the, it's an open air target mall and go up and down the stairs there for a workout. And I'm fine. I don't look at my watch and say 26.2 miles. I didn't reach that. Oh boy. I'm just like, got in a stairwell today. This feels fantastic, but it took a while. So I want people to understand it. It isn't always overnight. And we're talking about this now, how satisfying this is. 
because you can make that tra transition. I promise you, if you have to give something up or modify it, you will find joy in that modification. It doesn't seem like it now, but you will get there. The second thing I want to mention, which has been, I had been pigeonholed for a good portion of my uh, professional career because my focus in my cookbooks and in my work, I taught nutrition, I worked as a chef, I wore cookbooks, I did tons of media and lots of consulting for um, healthcare facilities on vegetarian cooking. So I was pigeonholed, you're a vegetarian, oh, you're a rabbit, oh, you only eat healthy. I have to laugh because 25 and 30 years later, you know, people are coming back to me, you were so right, I should have listened to you. There isn't a black and white. You don't have to be a vegetarian. You don't have to only, you don't have to be, uh, our age groups understands the reference, you eat like a rabbit. You don't have to do any of those things. You can incorporate a vegetable that's unusual or different and go to the market. Or if you're doing online shopping, you know, buy a dragon fruit, get, uh, get purple peppers, get Japanese eggplants, uh, you know, organic zucchini. Um, I just found um, a, the yellow watermelons. Like those of us in food know what these things are, but these are a little more exotic to the everyday consumer. And go out and just try a new fruit or vegetable. You don't have to rearrange your whole life. You don't have to throw out everything in your refrigerator. If you go to my um, Facebook page, uh, Patricia Greenberg, The Fitness Gourmet, I do that. What's in your fridge? So I open up the fridge. What's in there? What can I make out of it? It doesn't always look great, you know, but it's like you're trying. So you're incorporating something new. What does that do for you? the color, the size, the texture, and the taste jars your senses. And that is a very good thing to do as your age is to jar your senses, smell something new, taste something new, a new consistency. And that again, as part of aging, keeps you sharp. So we're keeping ourselves sharp through eating food and not sitting there counting every calorie, cutting it up. I'm only allowed a half a cup of green bell peppers and celery and onions, and it has to be a core. Just throw it in the pot enjoy it. And that actually, that action of spontaneity and trying things, even if they're, it's one meal a week, one or two times a week, you're trying something new. I cannot tell you how that boosts your brain activity. So we're looking at it like I'm eating um, purple and red vegetables to help my heart. Yes, that helps your heart, but let's make this a part of an overall program of wellness, you know what? I don't even want to use the word program. Let's say a way of living that that calms you down. And at the end of cooking this, you're going to be so thrilled. Wow, that tastes really good. That's really different. Or maybe you'll find you don't like it and go, okay, this is where not giving a fuck about anything comes in. Didn't work. You didn't like it. Try something new. This isn't a failure or success quest we're on. It's enhancing yeah. yourself every single day. And then the other thing I want to mention, which I talk a lot about, which is the mundane and the sort of nobody wants to talk about it, but I am on this quest right now with everything I'm doing to work backwards. Okay. As morbid as it sounds, wh what do you want for your life when you die? When you die, you want to be surrounded by or near someone you love. It could be a spouse. It could be a dog. It could be a sibling. It could be a child, but most people, for the most part, want somebody near them. You want to have some financial comfort, and maybe it's money you want to leave to someone else, to a foundation, to a child, um, uh, to somebody who's been very good to you. You want to have financial security. Now we want to take a look at 
60. My audience is 50. I always say, if you could do this a little longer, longer, it sounds crazy and you're not planning your death, but nobody gets out alive. Right. You just don't. End of story. So where do you want to be at that point? What level of comfort you want? Let's start today making those goals. So one of the goals, you want to be at peace. You want to be happy. You want to have serenity. Let's start treating ourselves that way and putting ourselves in a position because when you're calm and you're serene, you make better decisions and you're making very good decisions for later in life. And this is where I want to drive a point home where I am a little bit aggressive, aggressive and forceful. If you are overwhelmed, and many of us are in this age group for a variety of reasons, many of us still have living parents. That's an incredible blessing. I don't, but, but many of us do. And some of us have had our children older. So uh, when my mother was 60, I was 40. I'm 60. My daughter's going to be 20. So she's got a lot more life ahead of her. And so I'm making plans for that. I'm not losing sleep over having enough money for her. Nor am I saying, what am I going to do? She's got to have a roof over her head. She's growing into an adult. She'll get there. But what I'm saying, what is the quality time we could be spending together? And respect the time together and respect the time apart. So as you get older and you feel maybe lonelier or feel like you have less, remember those gaps in time are normal. There's going to be periods of time where you feel loneliness. There's going to be periods of time where you feel regret and you feel frightened. I... I I, I, my goal in a lot of ways is to get people less afraid of the aging process. It's normal for your tits to sag. <laughs> you are so right. People look in the mirror naked and go, oh, how did, ugh, how did I get to look like this? It doesn't happen overnight. It's normal. It's a process. And if you want to feel better going out, Go get one good bra instead of having 15 Victoria's Secret sexy lacy things that don't hold you up. Go get a good bra. What do you care if so I wear white high-waisted granny panties? They're the most comfortable for me under a dress, okay? And um, that's it. I'm wearing what's comfortable. I'm wearing what works for me. You look at your hair. You know this. At this age, you're, you're gray within two weeks. So I went through the process of uh, I was about... Uh, six months gray. And my husband was really having a hard time with it. And okay. And he's substantially older than me. So I try to make things comfortable and happy for him also. And he said, I, you know, I'm not going to stop you from it, but you look a little better with your dark hair. Okay. So I've been staying up with my hair coloring, but that's for both of us. Yes. And also here's the thing. There is no denying that you've been a trophy wife, a working trophy wife. Yes. But a beautiful trophy wife. So why not right. fight it? No, I'm right. serious. Right. And I mean that with all love and respect. Your husband is older than you. So he looks at you and wants you to look like you look. Right. And you look beautiful. Thank you. I think that's a really, such a valid point because it are there are things that we have to do. This is life is a compromise. Not just for ourselves to feel better about our aging process, but our spouses, if we have one, or our parents, or our siblings. Now, Pat, as always, we're going to run out of time. Of course, we have never enough time to talk about this. And I just, yep. Then I find out we might turn, turn around and you do another one with us right away. Here's what I think, darling, and this is after you've spoken today, because it was wonderful. And I'm thrilled you're writing another book, and you should. 
one of two or three things you said, but I just want to say this, how it's not what happens to us. I keep saying this in the pandemic. It's how we handle it. Yes. Now your horrible things happen. People get cancer, your house burns down, your favorite dies, the person you love most, you get fired from your job. I am not dismissing any of that. But I'll tell you this, one day when I gave myself some grieving time, when I realized that I wasn't going to have my business anymore, who was I without my business? All of a sudden I thought, well, why don't you just find out who that is and really enjoy the transition? But it took me a while. I had to feel sorry for myself. I was angry. So I'm the one that wanted it bad. I mean, let's be honest. All right. Now we're going to talk again. Now, probably in the near future, we're going to have Pat in the beginning of January. We'll do a Zoom where other people can ask us questions. How that you'll come back and we'll do a Zoom where you'll be live. I love I would love that. We'll have an open discussion about this. And everybody, please, please realize this is a process. Yes. It's okay to be angry. It's okay to be sad. It's okay to be lonely. And we're going to get to the other side. This is all transitory feelings. Honey, thank you so much. Oh, thank you, Denise. Thank you so much, Denise. Thank you, Cindy. So lovely to see you ladies as usual. Talk to you again soon. Absolutely. Take care, honey. Bye-bye.